Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 9th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great, peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. A quick recap of yesterday's show starts now. We had our guest on Mr. Lowell Nelson. He's with Campaign for Liberty doing a phenomenal job. Caleb Warnock spoke at the Highland, Utah meeting last Friday. Not only did he provide excellent gardening tips, but also the best stand-up economy her stand-up comedy, Lowell Nelson, has heard in years. I don't know if you know much about Caleb Warnock. He's a dear friend of mine, and he has a website called SeedRenaissance.com. And a lot of people emailed in and called today, man. What was? How do I get a hold of Caleb and everything? SeedRenaissance.com is how you do that. And I'm telling you right now, this guy is green thumb extraordinaire. This guy, I'm telling you right now, Caleb sells some of the rarest and most important seeds in the world specializing or specializing in year-round self-sufficient gardening for all climates he teaches you how uh, the ancients gardened and grew crops in the middle of the winter i mean it is amazing stuff he's written a lot of books and uh, you can go to his actual farm and, and, and take classes of how to do some of these things and you can see, I'm telling you, the guy grows more crops with less water in smaller spaces in all seasons than anybody you know on the planet. I mean, it is incredible. His name is Caleb Warnock. All right, we also talked about the National Security State Racket. Incredible article written by Jacob Hornberger. We talked about Tony, Tony Fossey, or Fauci, and the swine flu hoax. Betrayal of trust, writes John Rappaport. We talked about experimental death rate vaccine for Israel's elderly. Listen, 40 times higher than COVID-19 deaths, folks. Summary on the 2021 Utah Legislative General Session. My headline is, thank the heavens, the reign of terror is finally over this year. 45 days of the Utah Legislative Session. We had a general coverage of that with Lowell Nelson. On Friday, he'll be breaking down that in detail. Look forward to that broadcast, would you please? Second hour yesterday, Dr. Scott Bradley with me, his collegiate series to preserve the nation, his website, freedomsrisingsun.com. And we talked about lies, fake news to the core. No gay gene, but genetics linked to same-sex behavior. It's interesting. They have that as their headline. No gay gene, no single gay gene. But uh, they can look at your DNA and say, oh, we can, uh, you know. Well, they don't know. As they read further, they say it's linked to same-sex attraction and behavior. But then later they say we can't predict it. We don't know. 
All I'm telling you is propaganda from the highest levels with an agenda to attack everything godly. God says male and female created I them, or I created me them. And now you've got government saying, mm, we and the scientists are saying uh, uh, it's different now. Male and female, uh-uh. we got a better plan than God, says the scientists. I'm telling you right now, when they seek to counsel God, look out, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we talked then with Dr. Scott Bradley about a moral hierarchy based on God-given governing values. Incredible conversation. Check it out at lovingliberty.net in the archives. We also talked about the Senate passed Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID-19. They call it a relief bill. And it passed the House too, but now it's going back to the House for a final vote. You're supposed to get your check in the mail pretty soon, they say. We also talked about Democrats reject Republican attempts to prevent stimulus checks from going to prisoners. So even if you're a prisoner, they're going to roll out a check to you, ladies and gentlemen. Republicans tried to stop that. The Democrats said no. Prisoners get checks too. So I don't even know how to respond to that. But that is the recap. Available at LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate to your heart's content, would you please? And without further ado, the good sheriff, Richard Mack, with us two hours on your radio. Welcome, my friend. Hey, Sam. It's great to be with you this beautiful Tuesday morning. All right. Today we're going to do a comparison and contrast, sir. You ready? I'm ready. The Capitol riot on January 6th, which Sheriff Mack on this radio program urged people to not attend. Uh, That is correct for the record, right, sir? That is absolutely correct mundo. All right. So on one hand, that's what the rioters and the insurrectionists and the, you know, whatevers are doing. FBI is the headline, seeks more capital rioters as arrests near 300. It's a huge article, but they say in the two months since the mob forced its way into the U.S. Capitol, agents in all but one of the FBI's 56 field offices have been drafted to track down those who participated in the deadly insurrection. Investigators who typically deal with cases involving drugs, child pornography, and sex crimes, have taken calls from rioters, angry (laughs) ex-wives, former girlfriends, employer tipsters, and they've mined tens of thousands of photos and videos. They've Mm -hmm. followed trails that rioters have left on social media, bragging about being inside the Capitol building, the Florida man toting a rostrum, Or the New Hampshire man who snapped himself a selfie with a bottle of wine. They've arrested almost 300 so far. But as many, they say, as 500 remain at large. They believe that 800 entered the Capitol. 800. The riot claimed five lives and cost millions of dollars in damage and cleanup in the historic building. Arrests, they say, are expected to continue because of the more than 230,000 digital tips the agency has received. But the flood of arrests in the weeks after the riots has now slowed down, dropping from 175 in January to about 90 in February. They say here's what's known so far about the arrests. Most people face charges that could send them to prison from anyone to, anywhere from 1 to 20 years. But their trials could be delayed for months. You want to know why? Because they don't the, have enough room for them. All. Because the federal system labors under the cocoa pandemic, sir. Oh, of course. Yes, sir. 
Everything is the cocoa. Don't you know that? I don't care what happens. It's the cocoa, buddy. Yeah. They, an assistant attorney said in U.S. court last week that, hey, no plea officers, no plea offers have been made. The FBI is now expanding its online wanted gallery <laughs> with photos of more than 200 suspects. Most of them wanted for physical violence against police officers and the media. By the way, I wasn't there as a media. The Bureau is sharing all this information heavily on social media, hoping that the tips from angry girlfriends and ex-wives and uh, angry, you know, frustrated people, neighbors, can bring in the tips, baby. Dozens of other rioters, they say, have been identified. After acknowledging being in the Capitol on social media or in interviews with journalists, but they haven't been arrested. They didn't say if they will be, by the way, either. The FBI declined to talk with USA Today about its work rounding up the rioters who beat police officers and shot wasp and hairspray at them. Um, I guess they smashed windows and plundered refrigerators. And uh, Christopher Ray told the um, Senate Committee March the 2nd, we're chasing down leads and we're, re- we're reviewing evidence. Coming through digital media to identify and arrest anyone who broke the law that day. One legal expert's not surprised by the pace of the arrest. He says, hey, you know what? Cases that actually stand up in court take time to build. It's a massive undertaking. I'm pretty impressed with how quickly they've managed to round these people up already, they say, and apprehend a significant number of the insurrectionists that were in the building. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. It's a huge story. But the headline says, FBI seeks more capital rioters as arrests near 300. I want to make a couple of points clear about this really quick, Sheriff, and then I want to contrast this. First point that I want to make is this. Arrests don't mean convictions. So when you literally believe that 800 went into the building and you only found 300 of them after two months, and it's been wives that are betraying people and girlfriends and employers that are turning, you know, snitch or whatever else. I don't know how reliable those 300 arrests are, and I don't know how many of those will really even stand up in court. They say they've got 500 more, but if it's already slowing down after the first two months, I'm not sure they're going to get the 800 they claim that were there. I also don't have evidence, and this is where they always say they claim without evidence. They claim without evidence that 800 people were in the Capitol, I don't even know that that many were there, and I know that a lot of them that were there were peacefully there. Some of them uh, were standing at the Capitol and got kind of pushed in by the crowd, and they did no- nothing uh, of no harm. And so, you know what? They're up against a real battle. I don't know how many convictions they'll really get at the end of the day. But you kind of wonder how honest the FBI will be when they paint this narrative of 800 people, then they've only got 300, and then, hey, if half those cases fall apart and they you know, convict maybe 100, or I don't know the number, You almost wonder how many of those will be just open, transparent, due process, speedy trials. And I want to get into this in a second. We'll contrast it. Just hang tight. And you don't even know what yet, do you? That's on purpose. Hang tight. We'll contrast that. But so you look at that and you go, how many of those convictions will be real? And you look at the Ammon Bundy case. And Ammon's free with nothing, no charges against him. And the FBI lied and perjured themselves. And it was so egregious, the judge just threw the case out. And the judge wasn't even friends of the conservatives. Let's talk about that in light of what's about to happen to these people at the Capitol. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, MericaFirst.com. All right, so, Sheriff, I was kind of asking right before the pause, you know, the uh, FBI claims 800 people were at the riot on January 6th that actually breached the Capitol. There were, and I don't know how many, this is what's interesting, they don't even tell me how many were at the peaceful rally, and they don't tell how many people went to the Capitol but did not breach the Capitol, and they also don't give us kind of any number of how many, uh, literally, people would be criminals, even if they did go into the Capitol. That's not denoting criminal activity. Uh, and so I bring all this up because, you know what, the FBI, once they go out into the media and make such big, bold statements about insurrectionists and everything else, they have got to get arrested and they've got to make them stick to be, have their credibility intact. But if you look at the Ammon Bundy case, they literally lied and perjured themselves and they got caught withholding uh, exculpatory evidence and everything else to the point where you know, I don't know what to say about this, Sheriff, and, and I'm not defending anybody who's committed any crimes. I'm not defending them at all. But I am kind of saying my trust level is like dropped big time uh, for any uh, honest, fair, speedy trials. Sheriff? No, I totally agree with you there. It looks impossible. And it's alarming that they're not offering what they offer every single time. And you already alluded to it, that they're not offering any plea deals, which means what? They sit in jail longer. And it and, means that they're going to wait longer till the plea deals come at the very last second. So they're doing this on purpose to create kind of a, to some degree, a torture factor. It, it is. Just the same thing that, that they did to the Bundys. Just, uh, we'll just leave you in there waiting for trial. And it was the idiot judge that later on uh, dismissed the whole thing because she really had no choice because the evidence was clear. I mean, she could have ignored the evidence, you know, but uh, that would have... Uh, made a, an appeal 
bad, which she didn't need anybody's help to look bad. She was horrible. But she did finally do the right thing and, and threw the whole case out. Be, and because of, of the lies and distortions and, and withholding exculpatory evidence and, and even worse, uh, you know, and so when the, when the investigators do that, how do we trust them ever again? And and I've said this on your show before, and I'll say it again. Uh, I disagree with Sean Hannity that that the rank and file of the FBI are all good people and and trustworthy, but it's the hierarchy. No, uh, the hierarchy uh, has uh, bled down to all levels of the FBI, and uh, the FBI. Uh, is not trustworthy anymore. We should have got rid of them a long time ago, and uh, it's just it, it's it's just something that is indicative of the ubiquitous pandemic of corruption that we have in Washington D.C. All right, I bring that up. Um, we're not defending any criminal activity of any kind, ladies and gentlemen. No, let me. In fact, let me add to something to that right there. Sure, please. Okay, so we have all this propaganda and some of it being put out by the FBI that the people who uh, breached the U.S. Capitol and broke in and, and went in illegally, whether they broke in or whether they just went in, all of it's a trespass. All of it. Okay, there's a criminal charge there. That's a very minor charge, and it, doesn't, and it looks like the people that they're holding – uh, and that guy with the, the horns, I can't remember his name, um, but anyway, he's from Arizona, and he asked to get out. And the judge literally said the same thing that he said about Sam Gerard. We're not going to... Are you there, Sam? Yes, sir. We can hear you perfect. Go ahead. We're okay, not going to... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I heard, no, you're perfect. I, I heard the phone ring. Maybe it was on my... But anyway, they won't let him out. And why? Because he hasn't shown any remorse. The same reason that Sam Gerard got six years because he didn't sh show any remorse. Judges using that as a criteria to keep people in jail or give them more sentences is is so arrogant and is so kingshipy-ish. Uh, oh, I'm the king here. This is my courtroom, and you didn't bow down before me and apologize and kiss my ring. Th that is. That has nothing to do with whether a person deserves to be in jail. And these judges are, are so out of control. And again, I'm going to say it again, Sam, the ubiquitous pandemic of corruption that we have in Washington, D.C. And it's, and it's going nationwide. Let's, let's be real about that. And so let me ask you a, few questions, a couple of questions. So they were saying all this stuff about how horrible these people, violent, gun-toting, all these people... How many guns did they confiscate from people None. who breached? None. Okay, how many shots were fired? Uh, by the government, they killed a poor veteran lady. I get that she was going through a window, and she probably shouldn't have been or right. whatever else. And I'm not defending that act, by the way. Don't misunderstand me. But death isn't the penalty uh, with no. no trial or anything else. And so the only no. guns that I know that were present and the only people that murdered somebody are the Capitol Police. Right. And And... Uh, we never. And hear by the it. way, in the Ammon Bundy Lavoy Finnicum scenario, too, the only person that got murdered was the government shooting Lavoy Finnicum. Lavoy Finnicum, yeah. And they shot uh, several others, and they were. It looked like they were trying to kill everybody in the van. And the only one uh, in the um, 
Randy Weaver case, really, that got murdered at first, uh, was Vicki Weaver holding a baby in her arms when she was unarmed. She was murdered by Lon Horiuchi, the sharpshooter. By Again, the government murdered right. an innocent, unarmed citizen. So, I mean, we can go on and on and on with this reality check. Yeah, again, FBI, FBI, FBI. and it, Well, at the uh, U.S. Capitol, it was a state police. It was a Capitol Police. And so you, you have one shot fired, and all the attention is on the trespassers, which I am not excusing either. I agree totally with you. If anybody committed a crime, they should be prosecuted. But these should have been sight and release, most of them. Most of them should have been sight and release. And and so uh, because that's such an innocuous charge. Well, and, and here's the problem that I have with the fake news in bed with government, in bed with the FBI, in bed with the media on all this thing. How many people went to Washington on that day? About a million. OK. How many people were at the peaceful rally? About a million. How many people went home after the rally doing nothing? About 90 percent. Okay. How many people were at the rally, I'm sorry, that went from the rally to the Capitol but did not breach the Capitol building? About 99%. All right. How many people went in and breached the Capitol building? Um, And I'm not dismissing their trespassing if they shouldn't have been there. Okay. I don't know. All I know is several people have told me personally they got pushed inside uh, and they did nothing. They didn't break anything or do any damage or anything else. Or the cops let them in. Or the cops let them in or whatever else. And so I, I'm not defending that trespassing because it's against the law also. But I am saying to call that an insurrection, even if you went in, is not right now. How many people really were there that literally shot and fought and assaulted people, shot, uh, assaulted people, whatever, and or literally destroyed property? And the answer is we don't know. Right now they have 300 that they've got as arrested suspects. The other 500 they claim, they can't even find. So I'm not really sure how you say, this guy's a suspect, we can't find him, we hope a cheating girlfriend or a cheating whatever, uh, angry somebody uh, reports them. Hey, employer <laughs> tipster, please help me. Here's their wanted poster. They're wanted because we thought they did bad things. And, and I'm not against trying to find the criminals. But I have a little bit of a problem with this dragnet idea that, you know what, we're going to just go by hook or by crook. We're going to turn over every stone and ask, you know, the girlfriend you had in seventh grade if you drew pictures of guns. or uh, uh, What What I mean is they're getting insane, and this is being displayed to the whole country as if Trump supporters, which I don't even know how many of them are really Trump supporters, but then that this whole group, I mean, the whole day was nothing but a radical, crazy riot. And it's not even close to factual. No. Not even close no, to factual. No. And, and and hardly anything has uh, even bordered the truth. There's nothing. There's there's so much there that that has been uh, aggrandized by the media. I mean, and you just said it. They're saying this was an insurrection. It was a trespass. And, and uh, okay, I want them to charge everybody inside there with insurrection. Uh, I want that to char- I want that charge to go on every single person. Uh, and you know what? The, that's another thing about the media that absolutely infuriates me. And the federal government law enforcement people. When they're wrong, you never get an apology. When, when or an they, omission, or 
or, making, or it, yes, or making the wrongs whole. Ammon Bundy sat in prison for two years for what? Show me his apology. Show me the apology of anyone saying, "Yes, we blew it, and and we actually committed the real crime here." Not no. Uh, all they did was kill his friend Lavoy Finicum, my friend too. And then all they did was they tased his attorney in court. That's all they did. Oh, my gosh. They should have been charged. They never were charged with that either. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll come back. I'll give you a quick final summary of this side of the comparison and contrast, and I'll give you a hint of the other side. It's what we're doing in contrast to what we suggested people should not do. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. On Wednesday, the U.S. House of Representatives will take up the Senate version of the $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package. Now that it has passed the Senate, it must be approved again by the House before it can make its way to Biden's desk and sign into law. Mexican migration officials on Sunday reportedly shut down a border camp for Central American migrants, sending most of the 800 residents to the United States, regardless of COVID-19 infection status. As of Saturday, 185 of the 1,500 migrants tested positive for the coronavirus at the Brownsville Central Bus Station in Texas. President Joe Biden was sued by 12 states over a climate change-related executive order, saying it has the potential to severely affect states' economies. State attorney generals from Arkansas, Arizona, Indiana, Kansas, Montana, Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Utah joined a lawsuit filed by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. USA Radio News. It's happened. Since Election Day, more than 5 million people have downloaded the free Newsmax TV app from their smartphone store. It takes seconds, and with the free app, you can watch Newsmax TV right away. Most cable news channels require a paid subscription, not Newsmax. You get real news whenever you want. At home, Newsmax TV is on all major cable systems, and it's free on OTT devices. Your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, Vizio, and Roku, YouTube, Zumo, and Pluto. Now, the free smartphone app lets you watch Newsmax easily wherever you are. So check Newsmax.com online for breaking headlines. Then go to the Newsmax TV app to watch the latest news with Sebastian Gorka, Dick Morris, Greg Kelly, Diamond and Silk, Michelle Malkin, Mike Huckabee, Alan Dershowitz, and so much more. Newsmax is already the fourth highest rated cable news channel in America. Everyone is watching Newsmax because it's real news for real people. More details were released Monday by the CDC on folks that have been vaccinated. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. The CDC says fully vaccinated individuals can take part in small gatherings indoors with others who have been fully vaccinated. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky says they can do so without face masks or social distancing. Dr. Walensky also saying if someone is fully vaccinated, they can then be around someone who's at low risk regarding coronavirus. Which is big news, according to Fox News medical contributor, Dr. Mark Siegel. That means grandma can come and visit their grandchildren who, if grandma's vaccinated, if grandma's fully vaccinated and grandchildren are low-risk groups, they can come without a mask and distancing. That wasn't on the table before. That audio, courtesy of Fox News. 72 million vaccine doses have been administered, reaching 14.6% of the total U.S. population. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song 
to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam Bushman, and I'm questioning the narrative for the mainstream press in bed with the FBI and the government in general. Where's the constitutional Republicans standing up for the truth? Where's the people going to back President Trump? They claim Trump supporters committed an insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. I say that's an absolute, without evidence, fabrication. I'm telling you, it's criminal. Uh, Because there was probably a million people at the peaceful rally. Most went home. There might have been 100,000 people that went to the Capitol. Most stayed outside and prayed. Uh, A few went into the Capitol. But I'm telling you right now, I don't know the numbers because they don't publish the numbers. I see that, oh my gosh, 300 got arrested. By the way, just so you know, it's 275. But when it's 275, they say almost 300, you see. And then they say, well, there's 500 more we're trying to catch. But they say, we can't really get them unless some hateful, spiteful divorces and ex-girlfriends and, you know, companies that decide to play um, snitch, tipster. Etc. Hopefully those people will come to the table and give us the other 500 we want. And I look at that and I go, this dragnet approach has never been done that I can see in American history ever. Certainly not in my lifetime. Not that kind of a dragnet. Nationwide. For what? For going into the Capitol? For breaching the Capitol? For committing violence? For what? Well, the dead lady is one of the 800, isn't she, that the government shot? The veteran? Okay, she's not here to find, is she? Okay, the only person that's really been killed that we have evidence for. We also heard up front, hey, this cop, uh, he got beat up, you know, got beat up there. But it turns out it wasn't even true. They lied about that or they uh, got mixed up. I don't know what the case is, but, right? Okay, he got hit by a fire extinguisher and that's how he died. And then uh, the people with the evidence come back and go, that's not what happened. And the cops say, yes, it is. And they go, no, it's not. And now there's a big old debate. And so the New York Times had to recant their story, ladies and gentlemen. We documented that. Okay, now you look at Ammon Bundy, and he went to prison for two years, guilty of nothing. They didn't apologize to him. They literally tased his attorney when he won in court. And now the poor attorney's dead. That's a whole other topic. I digress. Except to say, Sheriff, uh, they're lying. And I wonder if we could sue the media and sue the government for their lies. When you literally have a million people go to somewhere and peacefully leave and 100,000 go to another location from that original location. And then you literally have, they claim up to 800, but they don't have any evidence of that at all. They've got 275 people. Most of those people will probably get off. There will be a few that will get, have the book thrown at them. Uh, but how many will get a speedy trial? How many will get the ability to subpoena all the evidence? How many will get due process completely? How many people will get a jury of their peers that can really fairly assess this thing? When you look at it, how many people will get a fair shake from the FBI? And if you look at the Ammon Bundy case or the Randy Weaver case or the Lavoy Finnicum case, or I could go on and on and on, the David Koresh case, or I don't have any faith, Sheriff. And even if they get a conviction, I won't believe the conviction is real or fair, or honorable or true, even though no. I'm for prosecuting those who are responsible. I'm not confident we'll see justice at all. I mean, to, to be honest with you, this should have been really easy. Uh, they should have been cited, those who just simply committed trespass. Uh, or, you know, okay, charge them with insurrection, but that's not going anywhere in court. Come on. Uh, you know, you can be just so stupid on all of that and be part of the propaganda scheme and the brainwashing. But that's not, when it comes right down to it, you got to have evidence. The, if you're big media... 
and you have that much influence over the nation and or you're in bed with government, FBI, whatever else, and you're peddling that? Yeah. yeah. There you needs to have be counter lawsuits. Somebody needs to stop that. Yeah. And it, oh, it, it, it will happen. There's going to be lots of suits on this. And uh, But astonishingly enough, the people that went inside were some of them, their intent was simply to go inside. That was it. They were, the lady that got shot, all her intent was, that we know of, was to go inside. It wasn't to destroy property. Now, the ones who started destroying property and taking things, they're going to get with the burglary or, or criminal mischief or uh, destruction of public property or, you know, maybe all of those charges. But the, the people who just walked inside, they're not going to be able to get anything more than trespass. And that should have been a site and release deal. And if if it were me, I'd go pay the fine, say guilty, goodbye, Casia, because I would not care that I had a, a simple trespass charge. And, well, but and if so, you're, you're going to do that, though, <clears throat> you know, Joe Biden went into the Capitol building and got arrested. You know that, right? No. You don't know that? No. Oh, come on. You got to know this. Joe Biden went into the Capitol building and got arrested for it. When? Um, well, he went on a TV show to talk about it. Here's Joe. So what was that like, uh, walking into the great Senate chamber at 29 years old? You know, I walked in when I was 21, and I got arrested. I was a, it was a Saturday. I was down visiting some friends at Georgetown University. And uh, I came up on a Saturday morning because I was fascinated with the Senate. And they had a Saturday session. I walked up those days, no guards stopping everywhere. And I... And they just got out of session. I walked in the back. All of a sudden, I found myself in the chamber, and I was stunned. I walked up, sat down in the presiding officer's seat. Guy grabbed me by the shoulder, said, you're under arrest. There you have it. He admits it. I think it's Johnny Carson or something. Anyway, it's a recent uh, admission, but it happened when he was 21. So that's quite a while ago. He's a pretty old dude now. But nevertheless, uh, are they going to um, charge him with insurrection, sir? They should, and, and whether there's a, whether there's a statutes and limitations on his charge or not, they should just charge it and, hey, and then is have there his a statute of limitations on insurrection, sir. I certainly hope not. That yeah, that should be a forever charge. Yeah. Now the other interesting thing is this. So I agree with you. Hey, catch and release or whatever else. I would submit to you that many people who got pushed into there. Some people say they didn't even go on their own choice. Uh, they were pushed in or invited in by the cops. In those cases, I don't see how you say they trespassed. No. If they were given permission to go in, it's not a trespass. Or what if they were pushed in? You know, when you get a crowd and stuff, I've been in crowds. It's hard to, to stop if a bunch of people are, you know. Yeah. Well, they're going to have a hard time proving that was uh, criminal intent. So anyway, at the end of the day, I don't know how many people are going to really arrest and really charged with serious crimes of any kind. Um, even those crimes that I hear, though, violence, beating up a cop, that's not insurrection. It's stupid. It's criminal. You All should right. do time for it. I'm not defending it. But I, I, I can't go there that it's insurrection. Can you? No. It, it's definitely assault and battery and, and uh, maybe assault on an officer with whatever it is. Fine. Get charged with it. But uh, they need to be, their due process rights need to be respected. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just so fed up with federal officers believing they don't have to go by the rules. And and that's the reason the CSPOA exists, because there is just no other solution 
or answer. Anybody right now listening to this program and see what's going on think that there's justice possible in Washington, D.C.? Do you think there's anything but corruption in Washington, D.C.? You know, what? absolutely a joke. But the guy that believes in Donald Trump, that finds himself at the Capitol, finds himself at the front of the line, cops invite him into the Capitol, he's like, sure, I'll go in and see if I can talk to somebody and see if they'll investigate vote fraud. That'll be good. That's what I'm here for. So they roll into the Capitol, and now they're an insurrectionist? Sheriff, I, I just yeah. I can't highlight the dishonesty of the narrative they're painting more than I am. I mean, and you want a, a, uh, one more contrast? Look at the illegal alien. What was about three years ago in San Francisco, who shot and killed a woman, and they wouldn't even prosecute him. Well, not right, even for not right even now, for manslaughter. Joe's letting uh, illegals cross our border into the United States and helping with government funds. Our taxpayer dollars distribute them across America, depositing them into safe zones or whatever you want to call it. And uh, at the same time, the guy that found himself in the Capitol or the gal or whatever is an insurrectionist. Yeah. And not only that, they really care about the COVID-19 and they want us all to be forced to wear masks and shut down and stop traveling and, and go don't go to church and stay home and all this other crap. But yet they're letting people in who have not been tested. Who have absolutely... And who don't have masks, right? And, well, some of them do. They're, they're trying to show that so that yeah. they can get in. But I'm telling you, the majority do in. not have masks. There's no way they can't even afford food or anything else. They're destitute. Yeah. And the only way they'd get masks is if government supplies the masks. Well, yeah, and I think that's happening. But regardless, it, it is such a, a, a zenith of hypocrisy. And, uh, you know, and then, of course... Uh, Nancy Pelosi using taxpayer dollars to aggrandize uh, the insurrection that they say was an insurrection. So they now are locking down the Capitol, putting a, a, a prison-type fence with Constantine wire all around it, and and making the Capitol look like a prison. And and then keeping all the National Guardsmen there, absolutely ridiculous, standing around doing nothing. Oh, my gosh. Well, even, even Mr. Ray, the uh, whatever attorney general and everything else, had to admit that they gave all kinds of warnings that this might happen, that some bad guys were intending to take advantage of a good event. Uh, and um, he admitted to it that they, multiple warnings were given, but none of them made it to the right people. Intentionally blocked. He literally admitted that. Quick pause. Richard Mack, the good sheriff, CSPOA.org, on your radio. Getting the kids to school, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. It seems that the work routine as a stay-at-home mom is never-ending. And even though I'm the prime grocery shopper in our family of four, I simply don't have time to scrutinize all the labels on the countless food products I buy. Oh, sure, I've noticed all the latest certification seals. Organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. It definitely seems to be the latest craze. But it was only recently that kosher certification seals caught my attention. You see, my husband had me download an app called Certified, and it shed light on a century-old certification that slipped under the radar screen from the majority of our public. I also noticed a question mark at the end of the app name, and that makes great sense as there's far more questions regarding this industry than answers. In fact, the developers refer to this as the kosher question. Sure, I'm a busy mom and didn't pay attention to our food culture, but now I have transparency, a convenient grocery list feature, and the ability to eat in favor of my family's best interests, and you can discover it too at thekosherquestion.com. 
If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. Back to the alive, ladies and gentlemen. So all I'm telling you is that I have a problem with this idea. I mean, if I give a speech that I'm Donald Trump, president of the United States, mind you, and I say, hey, I think there might be some vote fraud, and I need you guys to go to the Capitol peacefully, patriotically, and let them know that I want you to look into this. And a million people are at the event, and 100,000 go to the Capitol, so 10% follow my direction. Uh, But then uh, 275 are arrested so far for maybe criminal activity. Time will tell. They're innocent until proven guilty. They're looking for 500 more. But even if you take the total of 800, let's even round it off to 1,000 because we're just like forgiving as could be. A million down to 100,000 down to 1,000, Sheriff. What percent is that? (laughs) I have no idea. Okay. But I don't know the number, and it doesn't matter. That isn't the point. The point is it's a minute amount. And when you take that thousand and how many are really going to be prosecuted at the end of the day, and then your narrative is that there was an insurrection, I don't even think the worst of them who maybe committed violence and destroyed private property, I don't think you can call them an insurrectionist. No, I don't either. You don't have any evidence they were trying to overthrow the government. Right. Now, were they involved in stupid acts? Yes. Should they be prosecuted? Without a doubt. Don't misunderstand me. But insurrection? And then blaming it on President Trump for inciting an insurrection when a million people went, 90% didn't even go to the Capitol at all. The ones that went, 90% of those people or more were peaceful. I mean, the amount of the people that committed any crimes, um, they're not insurrectionists. But how can you incite an insurrection that didn't happen? And then furthermore, on top of that, how do you blame the President Trump for this? When there's no charges against him, but yet the narrative that he created an insurrection sticks, even though the House tried to impeach him, they used as part of their evidence that this guy got beat up and killed this cop, and it turned out to be a false narrative. That was at the trial. They literally used false information at the trial. He gets impeached in the House without any uh, really witnesses, and then the Senate dismisses it, but we still say over and over and over that he incited a insurrection and that it's an insurrection happened that if you um stand against that narrative you must be part of the insurrection sheriff yeah they tried to make me part of it well they're insane neither of us were ever part of it (laughs) ever and i think in fact i think they're still trying to and that's what the washington post is about and if you want to prove this and go backwards even the ammon bundy event where ammon bundy got charged with 
you got to say it, a big old nothing. And we stood against going into the Malheur Wildlife Refuge and wrote a press release against it and saying, don't go there either. Now, I fast forward. Richard Mack on this program said, do not go into the Capitol. Don't do it. It's not wise to go. We don't think it'll go well. So Richard had that intel. But uh, Mr. Ray, the uh, attorney general, said, well, golly, some people got the info, but it didn't get widely disseminated. Somehow it got stopped. There was a colossal cluster. And we're so sorry. Is that even possible, Sheriff? That's so baloney. It's not even funny. What a liar. No. Okay. And and I agree, because if Liberty Roundtable Live can get the skinny and be accurate, can't the FBI? And if they can't, then maybe we need to get rid of all of them, Sheriff. Right. If Liberty Roundtable Live, Sam Bushman, a single-handedly syndicated talk show host, and the good sheriff, a, a former retired sheriff and a constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association president if we can get it right on the radio and the fbi says golly we just couldn't get that one right don't they train and plan for these kind of things sheriff isn't that what the capitol police's whole job is yep that's it and And how many people do they have on staff hundreds um i thought it was thousands i thought it was two or three thousand yeah i'm just underestimating to make a joke a little bit so thousands can't get it right but good old sam and richie can get it squared away and know what's going on and advise against it and then they're trying to somehow throw the lasso around us that we were involved in it yeah i mean i don't mean to be rude but you would laugh if it wasn't so serious it's it is it is sam and the the i'm telling you the corruption there just keeps me so frustrated and nobody will do anything about it and oh my gosh and i'm telling you the head of that is that little dainty little old lady named nancy pelosi and she is such a farce and and i really do believe that uh they should they should be sued and and a criminal investigation but who would you get to trust a, a criminal federal investigation at this point the only, the only one I think could, that I could trust is uh, get a bunch of sheriffs together and start, uh, you know, maybe 10 sheriffs to start investigating. Maybe we can get former sheriffs. Maybe we can get Sheriff Clark to lead the way on this. They, the greatest, I'm telling you, I really do believe this is the greatest fraud perpetrated on the American people. It wasn't the, the fraudulent election. Those have happened before many times. Uh, over the past and that hundred doesn't years. dismiss the fraud that have taken place in any of the cases. No, I don't either. But I think the greatest fraud is the not not the illegal election, but the fraud that, that they put that the Democrat Party and all of the people who are covering up for Joe Biden to be president for whatever reason they wanted him to be president, maybe so they could they could control and get Kamala Harrison. I don't know. There's a lot of subterfuge behind that. But I think it's the greatest fraud. Jill Biden should be charged. She's a liar. She's uh, protected him illegally. Um, and, and I need to remember who the president was. Was it Wilson's wife or Coolidge's wife, one of them? He was so sick, he couldn't be president. She literally took over and then claimed that he was still president. But she literally became the president, uh, pragmatically speaking. She was never elected. And it almost seems like that's what Jill Biden is doing. But the, regardless, Nancy Pelosi knows it's a fraud. Everybody working in the White House knows it's a fraud. 
Everybody on his campaign knows it's a fraud. The Democratic Committee knows it's a fraud. And and it's so, again, corrupt that you can't even get past it. And, and it's so tyrannical that nobody wants to talk about it. But, Sheriff, I get that you can include a lot of people, at least in the fraud. Okay? There's oh, yeah. a lot of people that have foolishly made statements and done things that kind of make you go, okay, um... I can kind of get, I don't agree that they're guilty. I just can kind of understand how that can be manipulated against them. I don't even see how this could be manipulated against us, though. Every single day on the radio, I say we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. I say it every hour to the point where it's probably obnoxious. Yet the Washington Post is still at our conference and still issuing FOIAs for any sheriff that's ever had anything to do with this. And I walked up to the Washington Post at our event, which we'll get to next hour, by the way. That's the contrast. Uh, while they were creating an insurrection and blaming it on innocence, uh, Richard Mack, Sam Bushman, and a few others were working on our event, which the whole next hour will be dedicated to that in contrast, by the way. Yeah, so there's a great ready. contrast. Be ready, ladies and gentlemen, for that because it's coming up next hour. But all I'm telling you is and I've been the guy every hour to the point of being obnoxious, saying, you know what? We stand for the peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. It's about the rule of law. It's about the Constitution. President Trump spent the last two years telling you about law and order, about uh, peaceful behavior, about, okay, uh, this idea is insane. And they're trying to rope me and Richard Mack into it. Both of us said, don't go to the Mount Hill Wildlife Refuge. Yeah. Both of us had the opportunity to go in on the inside and be rock stars, if you will. And, Sam, you want another contrast? You want another hypocrisy? How is it that Joe Biden, who's not mentally capable of doing this, how is it that he was able to invade, was it Syria, where he just went and bombed Syria? Yes, sir. How is it that he was able to do that without provocation and without uh, involving Congress or even getting permission, uh, you know, and, and yet he completely... Gets a free ride on that too. Well, Why I are they not Congress, investigating that? I thought Congress needed to authorize that. They and do have to, and it's because we begin giving too much power to the president. No one's challenged his power. Uh, Nobody even knows why he did it. Right? You don't need to know why, my friend. Well, he doesn't know either. <laughs> he doesn't need to know why. Oh, oh man, no kidding. Why would you think he needs to know why? A- anyway, I contrast this though to say, what more can we do to show we're not part of this? We write a press release against the Mount Here Wildlife Refuge. We say don't go to the U.S. Capitol. We tell you to peacefully join organizations that are making a difference. We reject revolution and stand for peaceful restoration. Uh, we literally uphold the rule of law. Sheriff has spent 20 years uh, as a peace officer. He documents how he started out as just an average police officer that didn't know what was going on. And over time, he got educated about his oath of office, about how to de-escalate situations. If you want proof of his de-escalation capabilities, um, there's many people back in the day when he was sheriff that thought that they were going to get beat up by him and his deputies, etc. Uh, and, and they were shocked how peaceful and kind the sheriff was. They even tell a story about the sheriff carrying a girl with a sprained ankle down from a mountain. And these people were supposedly the people that were going to get all beat up. You contrast the sheriff's life and his behavior as a law enforcement official for 20 years. You compare and contrast Liberty Roundtable Live peacefully advocating for solutions in America. Uh, They tried to at CNN say that I was a racist. I pushed back, and even the Trump administration through Hope Hicks said that it was a peaceful, constitutional talk show to build America and strengthen America, which is true. Uh, But you look at all this and you go, what on earth? How can they even consider us? 
uh, as part of it in light of the facts. I mean, all I'd have to do is go to court and re- show the press release where we rejected going into the Balhir Wildlife Refuge to make the point I could have been the star media personnel inside. Yeah, I intentionally did. said, I'm not interested in that. That's crazy. I'm not doing it. Richard, you were in the car with us while we turned around and decided not to go. We were all <laughs> unified on that, right? <laughs> we were literally driving to it and turned around and went away. Because we felt like something's wrong here. We went to a peaceful rally and gave the Hammonds a hug on their porch and sang Amazing Grace to them. That was our intent when we went to the event in the first place. So how many people in this Capitol riot scenario were intending to go peacefully like we were, Sheriff, finding out uh, when it's too late, if you will, that, well, wait a minute, it was a lot different, who may not have been, I don't know what you want to say, conscientious enough or cognizant enough to turn around and run when they had the chance, but... And some would say we're cowards for leaving. I would say, though, that it shows and demonstrates our true intent. Yeah, and 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 Sam, we took heat for that. And to be oh, quite yeah. honest, they said we were, were sunshine patriots and everything else, right? Oh, it was worse than that. But yeah, and well, just death threats. I don't know how worse well, you want to yeah, get. Hey, yeah. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> You're right. It was way worse than that. Yes. And they literally said we were betrayers. They literally yeah. just traitors. sent death threats to us, called us traitors and betrayers and everything else. I mean, it didn't end. Now, I was polite and just told everybody on the radio that, it, you know, hey, they said we were sunshine patriots. You're right. It was way worse than that. Yeah. Uh, but it demonstrates we didn't buckle to the patriot community either. We said, no, we think we're right on this one. We're sorry you feel differently than we do. But let's be civil. And you know what? We have the right to think as we do. We're not downing Ammon Bundy. He has every right to think and uh, what he likes, and he has every right to do what he feels is best as well. And we support him in that, even though we may disagree with his tactics. We are very appropriate, transparent, and clear. All right, next hour, here's the setup. While they were rioting and pillaging and plunging, plundering the very few that wanted to betray the innocent, the masses, and while the mainstream press was gearing up to tell the biggest lie in history, in bed with the FBI and government to create a dragnet propaganda agenda attack Operation Patriots is what I would call it. While that was happening, we're going to tell you next hour what we were preparing for and what we did and how it went. How's that? It's all with the CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Become a lifetime member today, CSPOA.org. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bush and Richard, Sam Bushman and Richard Mack on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. This is the broadcast for March 9th in the year of our Lord, 2021, hour two of two. And I'm telling you right now, our goal is to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hour one, Sam Bushman, the good sheriff, broke down a comparison and contrast. FBI seeks more capital rioters as the number reaches 300. It's really 275, but they believe there's 800 involved. But the real question is, when did the Jan 6th rally decide to go to the Capitol, number one? And number two, how many people really went? Number three, how many people were there and 
Well, anyway, how many people are going to really be convicted at the end of the day? They've been telling you it's a riotous insurrection. Donald Trump was the lead insurrectionist, but there's no charges against President Trump, I might clearly add. And people are innocent until proven guilty in America, I thought. Sam and Richard have stood against the Malheur Wildlife Refuge takeover, issued a press release back in the day. And we stood against the Capitol event as well, said don't go, won't go well. But now the Jan 6th rally has been turned into one of the largest frauds perpetrated against the American people in U.S. history. All right? But I want to lay down the truth in this two-hour broadcast. You've got to listen to both hours to be caught up. So the good sheriff's with me. And we talked about the riots and the abuse and the wrong and the government and the 'er ne'er-do-wells and the provocateurs and all mixed up. It's two months later, if you will, and it's still raging and hasn't even come close to stopping. And everybody in their dog that stands against Joe Biden is somehow involved in the insurrection. I submit that you can't even call it an insurrection in the first place at all. And it's propaganda and it's vicious fraud perpetrated on the American people. Now, let's contrast that with what we have been doing. So what was it back in November, October, November? We said, hey, we got to put together a sheriff's training conference. Is that where we start, Sheriff? Yeah, I think that's it. I'll tell everybody what happened then. You you were there. Well, uh, when we started it or when we did it? Yeah, so when we started it, we first said, all right, let's put together this thing. We tried to set ours up in January. And then we felt like, oh, that won't work. Um, too many conflicts. And we don't know what's going to happen with the transfer of the presidency. And things are all up in the air. And so we put it off till February. And then we felt like that wouldn't work. And anyway, so we had to change things and stop and wait. And then we figured out who was really going to be president. And then we put it back on. And we had to hurry to get it done because we had wasted too much time uh, kind of trying to figure out how the landscape lied, where we could hold it, where they would allow us to hold it because of the COVID. It went on and on and on. Anyway, the bottom line, then about five of us scrambled. Poor poor Sheriff Richard Mack's wife. But anyway, she worked (laughs) so hard. About five of us scrambled so hard to pull this event off. So now fast forward, kind of, so that people understand. Uh, We did pull it off. Tell everybody what we did, where we went. We'll start there. Well, I contacted the sheriff in Montgomery County, who's a a big-time supporter of ours, and I'm good friends with him. You got to tell him what state, though. uh, Texas. There you go. (laughs) And... um, I actually helped him campaign uh, for his first run, and I uh, opposed uh, a guy that was actually endorsed by local Tea Party groups, and uh, I didn't think they actually had done their homework, and uh, I I told them so, and uh, I said, you guys need to understand uh, what a true constitutional sheriff candidate is, and so we had that, and so I, I guess because I was uh, defending uh, well, Officer Deputy Rand Henderson at the time, and now Sheriff Henderson, that he took a liking to me and he appreciated my support, and we've been friends ever since. So I said, we're doing this conference. We need a host county, and we want you to kind of be the co-host, and and you invite everybody in Texas to come, uh, the sheriffs in Texas, and then local law enforcement in your community, and he agreed to do so. So. Uh, you and your daughter, Nicole, put together that flyer where he was mentioned on there and uh, the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office and CSPOA uh, cordially invite you to come to this conference. 
And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, he recommended this uh, Woodlands Resort. Uh, and the greatest fear we all had was that they were going to say, no, the Woodlands uh, took a hit during the uh, cold crisis and the freezing crisis. And I know it was a real crisis because my son lives in Austin and they couldn't get running water and uh, uh, had to go to a hotel to get a shower. But a lot of the hotels weren't working either. And the hotels that were uh, up and functioning were charging $1,000 a night for a room. And so, um, anyway, the conference uh, went on miraculously, uh, and the date was uh, the 26th and 27th of February. And uh, miraculously, you and uh, Tanya and my wife and your kids and, uh, everybody put and and Tanya's son Ryan uh, started getting everybody called and started getting the emails out, and we just started getting one miracle after another of people that wanted to attend. <clears throat> and then sheriffs found out about it. Our focus was Texas and the surrounding states, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and we definitely got sheriffs from from all of those. I I, I don't re- remember if we had one from Oklahoma or not, but. We definitely had some from all the others, and a lot of them from Texas. And Texas sheriffs were uh, really engaged and really excited about it, and they they came. And uh, overall, there was about 110 public officials, 55 of those sheriffs. Then we had deputies and a highway patrol officer and a couple of judges and city council members, a couple of uh, sheriff candidates, and I think that's about it. Anyway, it totaled uh, about 110 uh, public officials and then about another 75, 85 uh, activists and people who just wanted to be there. And I guess it's it's really time that I read the uh, the tribute I would call it, from Sheriff Scott Williams of Coriel County, Texas. And by the way, this is one of many, but probably one of the most poignant ones. And this is by an elected sheriff, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, sir. Well, and I would say that the one that touched me the most until he wrote this to me and sent it to me yesterday on a text was Sheriff uh, Ramondo Del Bosque of Zapata County. He's a border county. He was there because he wanted uh, help with the horrible influx of uh, illegal immigration into his county and through his county. Uh, he's a very sincere Democrat. His undersheriff was there with him. Both of them uh, were wonderful. Uh, they were the only two attendees except for the Washington Post that wore masks. Masks were optional. They were totally fine doing so. It's their choice. That's what oh, a imagine mask that. is. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's what that's what a mask is, Sam. It's your choice because you live in a free country. And, no, Sheriff, you only have a choice to murder your baby. You can't choose about putting a diaper on I, your face. Okay. Yeah, uh, I forgot about that part. But uh, so uh, after the event, uh, Sheriff uh, Del Bosque asked me to take a picture with him. Uh, we took the first picture with his camera, and then he goes. 
Oh, whoops, I still have my mask on. <laughs> it doesn't do any good to take a picture here with you if I have my mask on. So he took his mask off. I didn't tell him to. It was all his idea. And then we took another picture, and that picture is has been posted and going all over the place. Uh, Sheriff Dabowski is a sincere, honest man who happens to be a Democrat. There were other. And by the way, let me highlight it, the reason that this can be is because we are not interested in partisan politics, ladies and gentlemen. We are not. The Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association is about, and I'm going to summarize as a, a layman. I'm not a law enforcement official of any kind. I'm just Joe Blow volunteer. Uh, but the CSPOA is about helping people understand their oath of office. It's about training to carry out the constitutional uh, responsibilities they swear to uphold. And it's about learning to de-escalate situations and protect and defend the American people from all enemies. And that might be government. That might, who knows, all enemies. That's what the sheriff's responsibility is. And he's elected to do that very thing, Sheriff. So, yeah, so Sheriff Del Bosque was probably the most moving and touching experience I've had at one of the conferences in a long time because he was so engaged and so proud to be there. And then what did he do? He invited me to his county, wants some follow-up training, and he wants to take my wife and me to dinner. And and so, I mean, it couldn't have been a, a, a more congenial and beginning of a wonderful friendship between Chef Dabowski and me and the CSPOA. And it's exactly what we've been after, and Sheriff Dabowski epitomized that. Then I get this email, uh, this text yesterday, and I'm saying it word for word. I changed nothing. I didn't even All right, hold on. I, I want you to give it after the break. I'm not trying to dog you. I just want to give a oh, chance no, no, for it no, to that's be completely better. Yeah, that's delivered. Great. Okay? We'll come straight out of the break, and we'll hear this text that Sheriff Richard Mack got from an elected sheriff who attended the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers the County Sheriff of America's Last Hope training event that took place in Texas just recently. And what we're doing on your radio is comparing the January 6th event, which is nothing but disaster for everybody, even not involved. <laughs> uh, last hour, with what we've been working on and what we've been doing and how incredible it was, we're just documenting who's who. And by the way, for the Washington Post, who I'm sure will download and listen to every word, I tried to invite you people on the radio to have your say in why you were there and what you thought of the conference. And so far, you've chickened out. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, baby. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. 
Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. We're the ultimate compare and contrast, ladies and gentlemen, between the January 6th riots that are a meltdown for everybody in the country, not even, uh, even people, those that are not even involved. Okay, it's just a disaster and continues. But we were working on the peaceful event that took place in Texas with the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. And we're giving a comparison and contrast between those two events. The peaceful, the county sheriff, America's last hope public event that took place in Texas. We're comparing those. And so here's some feedback that we received from an elected sheriff about our event. Richard? Okay, this is what he texted me yesterday, and it was out of the blue. I hadn't had contact with him since the event. Sheriff Mack, wanted to reach out to you and tell you thank you for devoting your life to preserving our constitutional rights. My name is Scott Williams, and I am the duly elected sheriff of Coriel County, Texas. I met you at the Woodlands two weekends ago. I want you to know that I am very much on fire and would love to assist you in your efforts to inform as many sheriffs about their constitutional responsibilities. Please reach out to me if you should need my help. Thank you, sir, and God bless you for all you do. Triple exclamation points. And Sam, uh, that so moved me and so touched me that I read it to my wife, and we both just sat down and and uh, both of us got a tear in our eye because we've been doing so much work on this. And since then, the phones have been ringing and the emails have been going crazy and the orders have been going crazy. And my sister-in-law and my wife are trying to get those orders done and they're still behind. And I actually i am the one who runs them to the post office uh, from here. My, my sister-in-law does it from uh, the Safford area, Pima, where she lives. And so Dawn shares with her the orders and and while we're gone to Austin on on a spring break, uh, and by the way, I've been asked to speak in Hawaii, and I'm going to go do that too uh, during spring break. And uh, Tanya is going to come here and run the office. So I'm paying Tanya to come out here from Texas so that I don't have to, re- uh, Don and I don't have to train anybody because Tanya's already trained and she's already, she's been here. She was there when we founded the CSPOA. But we just looked at all the work that we had done. Not only that, I just got to say this on the radio. Tanya has been the best supporter worker you have ever seen in your life, people. I know she gets zero credit. 
uh, publicly. I get yeah. credit kind of because I'm a talk show host, not that I deserve it. But I, you know, but Tanya and Sheriff Mac's wife, Don Mac, they literally get zero credit because they're not in the limelight in any way or they don't speak. They don't. Uh, but yet they do so much work. And I'm just telling you, I want to give them a shout out. We love you. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, that, go ahead, sir. That that is the that is true. Um, neither of them. Uh, I, in fact, I've even asked both of them if they want to speak at any of these, and they both say no way. But uh, they they're wonderful people. Everybody has their strengths, and th- they definitely have theirs. And man, Don literally at twelve fifteen last night or early this morning uh, said, "Okay, I'm done." And so then we went to bed. Not done, just done for the day, people. Just done for the day, (laughs) is correct, yes. She goes, that's all I'm doing for today, you're right, because that's that's what she said. Uh, Let's go to bed. So Anyway, just uh, amazing, and so we were at this event, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to give you the summary now that you've heard from a sheriff. I interviewed some of the sheriffs as well from Texas. They're on the radio, WAPO, download those suckers and listen. Okay, and what I want to really tell the Washington Post, who refused to come on the radio with me, they didn't really refuse. Let me tell you how they did it. They said, well, I'm not sure if we're allowed to. Let me check with my staff, and I'll get back with you. And then they never got back with me. Okay, that's factually exactly what happened. So did you t- did you talk to Dalton Bennett? Is he the one? I'm not sure. Or was it the other guy? I think it was the other guy. Okay, Andrew, I think. Yeah, I think it was Andrew. That's right. Uh, anyway, and so all I'm telling you is and I politely said, listen, I'm not here to bait you. I just want to you know, have you guys come on the radio, tell us what you guys are working on. Uh, tell us how you guys felt the event went, what you thought of it, uh, et cetera. And I, you know, so they have not really refused yet. I'm hoping they'll still come on, but I doubt it. They haven't got back to me. They didn't show much interest, but I made it absolutely clear that, hey, I'd like to interview you guys and talk about your experiences. Because here's what happens every time somebody goes to our conference, Sheriff. They first go thinking they're going to they're gonna watch us you know, uh, drop something in the cauldron and they're just going to be smoky and crazy and a bunch of insurrectionists are going to get up there and tell you how they're ready to just run over whatever and do this and that. And when they get up there and they, and they get there, they get guys like me that get on stage and say, yeah, the Southern Poverty Law Center says I'm a hate-filled guy and I love you. And, you know, it's just me. And, uh, by the way, how do you, how do you, you know, deal with the Ten Commandments and Redneck? And we tell a couple of jokes and have a little bit of fun, and then we make a, a patriotic pitch. For, you know what, we're the American people, folks, and we've dealt with tough times in America, and I know things look bleak, but you know what, there is hope. Hope in God, family, and country. Hope in the protection of life, liberty, and property. And then I sit down and they go, well, that guy's kind of weird, but he wasn't so bad. And then uh, Sheriff Richard Mack gets up and says, yeah, I beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court. And so peacefully, Bill Clinton was trying to arrest me. And, you know, in the civility idea, I said, well, let's just go to court. And so we did. And the sheriff wins, and he documents that greatest greatest Tenth Amendment decision in modern history for states' rights that's ever been delivered, in my personal opinion. Uh, and so he gets up and he tells how he started out as a jerk cop writing tickets and ended up a patriotic constitutionalist who now spends his time every waking hour um, promoting how to keep your oath of office, how to de-escalate when you're uh, in a situation, how to understand your role as a as a peace officer, how to appropriately relate with the public in meaningful ways to build relationships of trust. And then Richard sits down and four or five sheriffs get up and go, hey, man, the federal government's out of control on the border. We can't be having the border leak like a sieve. It's a national security crisis. And the next sheriff gets up and says, you know, I've really learned a lot becoming a sheriff. And he tells a few stories. And, and, and then we train and educate and 
deliver these messages. And when we get done, these people at the WAPO go, well, there ain't nothing to report here. I was hoping to kind of tell you about the witch's cauldron that, well, there wasn't any fire. We just had dinner together. I don't know what to say. Uh, somebody got up and sang or somebody, um, what? Uh, there was a band that played. There, they were just a Western swing Texas country band. No one got, well, a few people danced. Uh, and people were talking and mingling and buying books and educating themselves. And, well, I, my gosh, they didn't wear masks and people gave hugs. That's probably the worst offenses that they committed. And I don't even know what to write about. And they find themselves in these quandaries and they either write a hit piece that's full of lies or they deliver the truth or third, which is what they do most of the time. They write nothing, Sheriff. Yeah, I was wondering if they're even going to do a story. They've sure spent a lot of time and money on this uh, non-story. But... You know, I ultimately I think they're going to do something, but really the big story to me is that there's nothing there, and all the lies that have been told about it. Well, nothing there if you want to talk about bad stuff like they're trying well, to deliver. I know. There's plenty yeah. there. Yeah, there's 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 lots that they could t- talk about, but according to their sensationalism, and they're wanting to expose this as part of the uh, January sixth quote insurrection. Uh, you know, there's nothing there. There's no uh, avocation of violence. There's no support of uh, criminal activity like, you know, like Kamala Harris has done. Uh, and no I told him that. Politics. When when I talked to him, I said, "Why is it that Kamala Harris can support the violence all summer long, and she gets a free ride, but you're trying to go after us for for su- supporting violence, and it's not even there." So one of the highlights of the event, we had a bunch of sheriffs in the room, some legislative elected officials and this kind of stuff. Uh, Steve Toth was there, a state representative from Texas and others. And we, one of the highlights is we were thanking all the different people for putting our conference together towards the end. And uh, Sheriff Mack thanked Dawn and Tanya like we've done on the radio today. They deserve so much credit. Uh, anyway, and then he uh, has my daughter. She's 12, and he tells her to stand up on a chair, and she's embarrassed as all get out. Uh, and we, uh, the sheriffs are clapping at this little girl who they all met as they bought books and got free pamphlets and learned about the Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, um, America's Last Hope. And they learned about it and got books and talked to the good sheriff. And there was a Q&A and everybody answered questions and talked about a variety of different things. And anyway, then my daughter stands up on the chair and she gets this, uh, this thunderous clap from the crowd or whatever because she helped. And folks, this is about family. This is about turning to God. This is about the county sheriff, America's last hope. This is about understanding the checks and balances in America and using them for peaceful restoration. And then the WAPO comes and they sit there and they kind of stay aloof from everybody because they don't know what to expect. You know, they're waiting for us to roll out the seance or something like that or somebody to roll out in capes. I don't know what they expect. I really, I don't know what they expect to happen at these conferences, Sheriff. Yeah, uh, you know, some voodoo thing or something, I don't know, or they want us to, they I, they literally want us to say, let's start shooting federal agents. We're never going to say anything like that. It's no. never been our mantra, ever. No. And no. here's the truth, I think they know that, Sheriff. Uh, they should, if they've done their background. Now, we do play the late Charlie Daniels, though, This Is America kind of songs. Come on. Liberty Newswire. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. The Santa Clarita, California City Council is set to discuss a vote of no confidence for Los Angeles County District Attorney George Gascon during Tuesday's City Council meeting. City Council members are set to discuss the special directive set forth by Gascon and take action as deemed appropriate. Desiree Anderade tells Fox News her disbelief. And it's coming from a man that truly does not care about us victims and is totally pro-criminals at this point. Desiree's son was beaten to death by supposed friends. The discussion comes after the City Council's public safety meeting called for the City Council to take up a vote of no confidence with Gascon's special directives favoring criminals over victims. And on a follow-up, the illegal immigrants who were involved in a fatal California highway crash last week near El Centro, California, reportedly paid up to $10,000 each to be smuggled across the U.S.-Mexico border. The 25 immigrants were jammed into a single SUV that crashed into a semi-truck. 13 were killed. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Pastor Greg, host of the Chosen Generation radio show. In July of 2017, I was in a catastrophic car accident, and I broke my neck, the base of my skull, my back, my ribs, and both legs. As you might imagine, getting a good night's sleep has been a real challenge. Well, then at CPAC in 2019, I met Mike Lindell of MyPillow. Mike wanted to help me to get a good night's rest and introduced me to his pillows, his mattress topper, and his Giza cotton sheets. I can tell you they really work. And Mike has authorized me to offer you a special discount on MyPillow products. Call 800-662-9236. That's 800-662-9236. One more time, 800-662-9236. Use the promo code PASTORGREG. That's Pastor Greg. Or you can use it at the MyPillow website. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. President Biden on Monday seemed to forget Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's name at a White House event, calling the Pentagon chief the guy who runs that outfit over there. 78-year-old President Biden has previously struggled with the names of his own cabinet secretary selections. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said President Biden will give his first primetime address to the United States on Thursday to mark the one-year anniversary of lockdowns across the nation due to the coronavirus pandemic. Venezuelans will be getting special treatment at the U.S. border. Dan Naraki reports. The Biden administration will offer a protected status to undocumented Venezuelans in the United States. An estimated 320,000 Venezuelans will be eligible to receive temporary protected status. According to Homeland Security officials, the move was made because of the extraordinary conditions in Venezuela, where nearly 5 million people have fled from in recent years to escape economic hardships and humanitarian crises. The temporary protected status allows people to live and work in the United States until conditions improve in their home country. USA Radio News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so the Washington Post attended our peaceful event in Texas, Woodlands, Texas, and it was the County Sheriff of America's Last Hope training event for Texas sheriffs and public officials. The first day the public was invited. The second day it was just uh, public officials and sheriffs we all were talking and educating and having a phenomenal time. You heard the feedback. There's a lot more feedback where that came from. But the Washington Post did not want to come on the radio with us, at least so far. Uh, I invite them to come on the radio. We'll have a peaceful, gentle conversation, even if we disagree. Uh, But we will demand the truth. We will demand accuracy in media, okay, in in reporting. 
and, and what happened, etc. But the contrast and comparison between these two events couldn't be more stark, Sheriff. Um, the comparison, I would say, is that both events were intended to be peaceful. I believe President Trump telling people to come to the Capitol and hearing his speech was a peaceful intention. Now, they claim that that's not true, but I submit to you that we don't have any evidence to the contrary. I submit his event and our event were both intended to be peaceful and to help Americans stand for their patriotism and literally learn to deliver on what they believe in uh, as God-fearing Americans. I believe that to be true for a comparison. Yeah, I think so. And uh, there's probably two other things um, also at the event that I'd like, one, I'd like you to give a review of. First one is, I started my whole presentation by showing a video of a deputy named Stan Lenick in the Albany airport where it could have got really out of control and he could have been tasing people and beating people and throwing them down and handcuffing them. Instead, he peacefully and professionally protected their right to be there and hand out flyers. The airport authority was was really mad at the uh, the they weren't protesters; they were just uh, flyer passer outers. Pam, they were pamphleteering. Yeah, they, let me they, let me tell you this: they were peacefully assembling for pamphleteering yes. purposes, which right. they have every God given right to do. Correct. And so uh, they were doing that, and they refused to give their identity to the airport authority, the manager of the airport, and the deputy literally told the airport manager. They do not have to give you ID. And and then earlier, when he first walked up and he told them, we want you to be sure, so uh, the sheriff's office there in the Albany, from the uh, Albany County uh, Sheriff's Office, Deputy Stan Lennox said, we want you to know this is your constitutional right. Now, Sam, what we say there, as you well know, you've heard it lots of times, we, we say to every peace officer, sheriff, and public official, this is all we are after. We, meaning CSPOA. We are after every deputy and every peace officer in this country being trained to do what Stan Lennick did that day. We keep the peace, we protect the rights of the people, and we make sure that there's no violence or mishandling of the situation between the airport authority manager, whoever it is, doesn't matter, could be anybody, could be the the manager at Safeway or manager at the Circle K, doesn't matter. Um, but we keep the peace between the two who are having a disagreement. We make sure it doesn't get out of hand. We de-escalate anything like that. And Sam, what we said there, that I hope WAPO took note of this, that the best de-escalation in this country is an officer who knows and understands the Constitution and keeps his oath of office as he executes his job. That's what we're after. That video was perfect and epitomized what we're after, and we love Deputy Lennox, and we're so grateful that he was such a good example to us all. Incredible leadership, by the way, at a previous conference. Didn't we invite him to come? Uh, to this one? No, to a previous one. Oh, yeah. He got the yeah. Deputy Sheriff of the Year. I, so I'm just highlighting previous in, conferences in for the WAPO to know what we do at previous conferences, too. So we right. brought him in and gave him him 
an award for his heroism, for his incredible leadership, for his de-escalation efforts, for his desire to protect the people, and for his desire to uphold the law and his oath of office. Now, I ask you, WAPO, I ask you, media, you tell me how this relates to an insurrection, please, because I simply do not get it. And I asked WAPO when they were interviewing me afterwards. I said, who does that hurt? Who, who does it hurt if we follow the Constitution? Who does it hurt if we're enforcing the Bill of Rights? And they said, well, there's some people that think that that could lead to violence. Oh, my gosh. How on earth does it do that? It de-escalates violence. This whole thing, if we respect everybody's rights, and then also, Sam, as you know, I said, if we're going to get, and this is something you and I talked about the last several months, and that's why I put it in there, if we are to achieve unity and civility, there must be something that we all agree on. And if that's not the Bill of Rights, then unity and civility will never be achieved. And if that's not the Ten Commandments in the Constitution as well, you can yeah, say I'm true. not religious, but still, you got to agree with thou shalt not steal. Yeah. Uh, you got to agree with, okay. Um, in, no, and you said kill. that too, though. No, 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 no. I'm not letting you get away with that. <laughs> You're the one that said in the conference, <laughs> it boils down to two things. Yes, sir. Don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. And there you are. So I want to ask the WAPO for a nationally syndicated talk show host, Sam Bushman, to get up and publicly speak before all these sheriffs. I don't have any creds when it comes to law enforcement or anything else, okay? Uh, But I do have a pretty good ability to share my views in a way that makes sense for people, right? Yeah. Uh, I bring that up to say I get up to these sheriffs and I'm like, look, the whole goal here is to don't hurt me and don't take my stuff. And that applies to everybody, including law enforcement. And I, and I kind of made a joke about the redneck Ten Commandments, and, and I had some fun with it. But the point is, look, I'm saying don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. Now, that's in contrast with the Jan 6th event. Everybody was hurting people and taking stuff, if you believe the mainstream media. I believe a tiny sliver of people who intended ill from the start certainly did that. But the majority of the people, the million people, the 100,000 people, they didn't hurt anybody or take anybody's stuff. None. So, WAPO, well, who is accurate in the media here, me yeah, no kidding. or thee? Right. <laughs> well, there's one other thing I wanted you to point out about the conference. All right, before you get to that, I want to just tell the Washington Post, I'm not here to beat you up. What I'm really here to do is try well, to, to encourage <laughs> you. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> we'll encourage you. That's what my goal is, to encourage you to come clean. Okay, don't ride for the brand of your boss with an agenda. Right. Tell the truth. If you were touched at that conference in a meaningful way in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, at any time towards the patriotism we were standing for, then write about it and tell about your story. If you went there thinking that it was going to be a cauldron of witches or I don't know what kind of goofy, crazy insurrectionist idea you thought we had, uh, but you found it was completely 100% the opposite, Write about it. If you uh, disagree with us a thousand percent, but you believe we are sincere and honorable in our efforts, because I can disagree with somebody but believe they mean well. I can disagree with, I'll, I'll take Ammon Bundy, for instance. 
I don't agree with going into the Mount Hare Wildlife Refuge. He knows it. I've told him that a thousand times on the radio. But I also support his right to choose as he will. And I still think he's an honest, well-intended gentleman with a great heart. And I love him to death. Okay, I can think that about people too. So even if you disagree with us, but you believe we're sincere and we're honorable in our intentions. Yeah, I'm pausing on purpose. Write about it. If you feel like there were a lot of good sheriffs and good people there, write about it. If you believe there was education that was meaningful there, our de-escalation efforts, our design, then write about it. Okay, I'm not trying to beat you up, WAPO, or any other media. What I'm trying to do is get you guys to do the right thing. To not have a narrative based on divisionary politics of some kind or based on an agenda that somebody tells you go and get the goods on somebody or whatever else. I want you to be open and honorable and candid. And if you feel like there was something at that event, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, America's Last Hope training event in the Woodlands, Texas um, venue, if you believe something there was underhanded, dishonest, I want you to call me and talk about it because I can help you understand exactly who we are and what we were doing like nobody else can. Why? Because I'm not a sheriff. Why? Because I don't have any agenda. You've heard me for 25 plus years on the radio and you have never heard me call for any violence of any kind ever. Sheriff. Okay, there's one other thing that I think was really powerful, and uh, I want you to give your analysis of it you and your it. perspective. When I used Larvita as Rosa Parks. All right, when we come back, I'm going to do just that, ladies and gentlemen. We went to Minnesota to Larvita's restaurant, and we defended her right to open and support her family. Then we invited her to the Texas event so the sheriffs could meet her and learn about her story. We'll do it all. I'll talk about it in seconds. We're also going to talk about how Gary spoke out boldly, nobly, and independently. And we'll do it in seconds on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. 
So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Richard Mack on your radio comparison and contrast between the January 6th riotous event by a few provocateurs. Then the media in bed with government, including the FBI, betrays the people with the greatest fraud in American history, acting like everybody's an insurrectionist, including the president of the United States at the time. And you and I are insurrectionists, even if we weren't there and even if we spoke against going to the event, they say. Out of control, ladies and gentlemen, got to call them on the carpet for their fake news dishonesty. No doubt about it. But, ladies and gentlemen, we were talking about that in contrast with the constitutional sheriffs and peace officers. America's last hope, the county sheriff, America's last hope event that took place in the Woodlands, Texas. And Sheriff Mack got up and spoke. Phenomenal job educating about his win against Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court and the incredible Tenth Amendment decision that that rendered. Okay, the greatest states' rights modern decision we've ever had, written by Justice Antonin Scalia. Uh, God rest his soul, I might say. Uh, and then um, Sheriff Mack highlighted a couple of examples. He talked about the, the deputy that was in the airport that defended the rights of the people and de-escalated. That's how he started out. But he continued and he pulled a lady up on stage with him named Larvita McFarquhar. And Larvita McFarquhar uh, is from Minnesota. And she runs a restaurant. Um, I'm trying to get it handy here. Uh, Haven's Restaurant? Garden Haven's Restaurant? Yeah. Oh, Haven's Garden. Sorry, folks. I just wanted to get that right. But Haven's you remember, I didn't, I didn't call her up. I went down into the audience to her. Okay, so he called her up when he was in Minnesota. Yeah, right. And exactly. then he went down to her uh, at the Woodlands. But nevertheless, the point I'm getting at is she runs a restaurant. She's a black lady. And she simply says, look, you cannot shut down my restaurant and my dance studio. I cannot feed my family if you do that. So she remains open. She's getting fines. They're threatening to arrest her. It reminds me of Sheriff Mack's case when Bill Clinton threatened to arrest the good sheriff. Nevertheless, Sheriff did not get arrested, and he beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court. Wow. And now you look at Larvita's case. So he goes down to the crowd, and he explains her story. Uh, and he does so in a way that really helps people understand what's going on here. Comparing it to what? One of the first stands for human rights and for civil rights in modern times, Sheriff? Yeah, I think so. I think that's accurate. All right. And, and talking about, hey, Rosa Parks, does Larvita belong at the back of the bus, a shutdown restaurant? Or does she have the right to say, uh-uh, no. And most importantly with that then comparison, what should sheriffs have done back then instead of arresting her? They should have sat down beside her and said, ma'am, welcome to the blessed country of America. We're not only going to, and then Sheriff Mack tells this story, what he would do and what he thinks should be done in the future to people like Rosa Parks or people like Larvita McFarquhar. Ma'am, we commend you for your stand. You're, are, you are within your rights. In fact, 
like the people in the airport story. You're within your rights, and we're going to protect and defend you. That's what we do as peace officers. And so then Sheriff Mack tells a story that they should have sat down by her. They should have helped her and escorted her home to make sure she was safe, given her a safe passage and a comfortability factor, uh, and really made a bold, noble, oath-keeping statement, which is, you know what? We're going to uphold the law. We're going to protect the innocent. That's what we were elected to do, and we will not apologize. We will not equivocate. We will not back down, but we will peacefully de-escalate, protect rights, and keep our oaths of office. And this story was told in this group of sheriffs and others to help them understand who they are and what they've committed to in their oath and where they stand before God in the deliverance of that oath. God, family, and country, where they stand to say, hey, this is not Tinker Toy Games. This isn't something that you just go, blah, 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 throw it in a drawer and it's over. This is a God-given commitment that you make about that you will honor your duty as an elected official, that you will take it seriously and that you will just, um, well, I'm trying to think of the right word, that you will carry out that oath to the best of your ability with complete fidelity. Not, oh, I cheated sometimes, with complete fidelity, honoring the people whom you serve. And that's what the training is about. Sheriff, how did I do? Wow, Sam, that was that was great. That's what happened, folks. We were there. And the sheriffs were there. And by the way, let me make this very clear. The WAPO was there. The Washington Post was there. Are they going to write about it? I hope they do. Are I they going to compare it to Rosa Parks and carry forward the, the message that we're trying to get across? It isn't about black or white. They call us racist. They lie. It isn't about left-right. It isn't about Republican-Democrat. It isn't about any of those divide things. It isn't about males versus females. It isn't about any of those things. It's about don't hurt me and don't take my stuff. <laughs> there you go. Again. It's about Larvita McFarkler. Not because it's about her individually per se, but it's about our rights that are God-given, that the whole purpose of government with all of its checks and balances, vertical and horizontal, with all of those things intact to make sure that we protect those rights. If government doesn't do that, what is the value of government? I can find a plenty of, of brutal criminals and crooks and whatever that'll hurt me and take my stuff. The last thing I need is the government doing it. But I'll tell you this, the husband that lost his veteran wife at the Capitol on January 6th, I think he's saying, I don't know if you call a wife stuff. So I better expand my definition a little bit. Don't hurt me and don't take my wife. We might say to the Capitol Police on that day, in contrast to the peaceful, constitutional, peace officers and sheriff's association, CSPOA.org, become a lifetime member now, please. But I, I digress, except to say, while that's happening, the Capitol Police are shooting people and the FBI is trying to round up everybody. Poor Donald Trump's going, I was just trying to get people to look into the concerns we have about vote fraud and it went all off the rails and Sheriff Richard Masco and I just wanted to invite Larvita McFarquhar down and help people know about her plight and what we can do to protect her and the Rosa Parks of modern day should be protected and defended loved and supported that's what we do as sheriffs that's what we do as deputies that's what we do as peace officers whether we're elected as sheriff and we have a sheriff's department or whatever even if we have a 
police department, and it's not elected, it's appointed, and then uh, what, hired for office kind of a thing, or hired for uh, a job? No matter what the scenario is, the principles that underlie the intent by our founding fathers remains the same. And we pray to carry forward that legacy. And these conferences are designed to do just that, to understand the sacrifice of our founders, to understand the sacrifice of our ancestors, those who went before us, and then to carry forward their traditions and lay down legacies for our future generations to do the same. What for? To peacefully carry out the responsibilities that come with the freest nation on the planet. Right? We can do this, people. And then the WAPOs are like, a bunch of insurrectionists got together and whacked out, went crazy. And what? Even the hotel staff liked us, Sheriff. <laughs> yeah, they did. And, <laughs> uh, and it was kind of refreshing that nobody at the hotel demanded that we put our masks on, even though all of them were wearing them. Even the <clears throat> director of uh, catering and conferences, uh, her first name was Missy. Uh, she had a mask on the whole time, but she didn't demand that I put mine on. And again, I want to reiterate, uh, a mask is your choice. And uh, and and I think you uh, draw, drew a very uh, appropriate comparison that the only time Democrats uh, and, and Republicans, but mostly Democrats, agree that it's your choice is if you're going to kill an unborn child. Now, let me give you a comparison and contrast. In January... Sixth event. Nobody had guns but the government. In the CSPOA event, I don't know how many people had guns, but a bunch of them. And I don't know how many were open or concealed, but I'm telling you right now, that place isn't a place you want to attack. A bunch of sheriffs won't tolerate it, sir. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of people wearing the sidearm on the hip. And, well, and I don't know how many people had concealed either. No, we don't know. And we don't care. We just know that we're grateful for it. <laughs> because it makes for peaceful events, people. Guns in the hands of the good guys is a great thing. And it helps with the don't hurt me, don't take my stuff plan, too. All right. <laughs> Folks, we had an incredible time at this conference. I'm telling you right now, every conference we have, it's almost like we get together afterwards and go, I don't know if that could have went better. Or I don't know if that could have gone better. It was the best one, and we say this every time, and it's kind of for different reasons that it was the best one. But even our resolution that we put together in 2014, I think it was, um, we brought that forward, and everybody applauded and loved it, and there's a plan for a 2.0 of that coming out of this conference. Yeah. The WAPO can get a copy of that, and you know, I want to know what part of that they disagree with. Right. But so many incredible things happened. We don't even have enough time to get to it all, sir. No, we don't, and you left one little thing out. When I asked your daughter to stand up, cute little Anna, and uh, she uh, was so personable the whole time she was there working with you and, and uh, working uh, for the whole conference and helping us with the book sales and so on and helping my wife and uh, at the table and spotting my wife at the table when, when my wife had to go and run off to do other things or go to the bathroom or whatever. And... Um, when uh, I asked uh, Anna to get up on the chair so everybody could see her better, I said, isn't she beautiful? And, man, that got a real reaction from the crowd. And a lot of it was kind of 
uh, a reverence response. Uh, wasn't a lot of cheering then. When I first had her stand up, she did. They did cheer quite a bit. And then when I said, "Isn't she beautiful?" Then there was a little bit of cheering, but more it was like, "Oh!" The crowd went, "Ah!" Oh, you know, and uh, it was really a beautiful experience, a spiritual experience actually. And and as you alluded to, it definitely brought together God, family, and country, and that it is about family. And uh, I, as you know, uh, we brought Jimmy in, who you're good friends with. Yes, my I son, am. My, my youngest son. And um, it was good to have him there, and he did a lot of work, too, and really helped, and he's strong as an ox, so if you need boxes and, and books and everything moved around and tables, and he's uh, really good at that. And uh, he's worked a lot of these with us. I mean, he's worked them all over the country. And uh, so we were glad that he came in from Idaho, and he's doing a lot better, and we're proud of him making some strides in his personal life. And we love him, and we'll pray for him. Now, I'm not going to apologize, ladies and gentlemen, that my daughter's white. You want to know why? <coughs> why would white. you? Because I'm white, and my wife's white, and so we make white babies, okay? Now, I'm not going to apologize that Larvita McFarquhar is black, and that her daughter that came to is black. You want to know why? Because we have an incredible rich heritage and history, and we're Americans standing shoulder to shoulder for the great cause that we've talked about for two hours, the cause of peace, the cause of liberty, and the County Sheriff's America's Last Hope Initiative that we're going to absolutely deliver like you've never seen before in the year, or this year, 2021, and years to come. Sheriff, final word yours. Well, Sam, it was uh, God, family, and country. It was very spiritual and patriotic, and I can't wait to have the next one. Amen to that. CSPUA.org. Become a lifetime member today, would you please? I'm one and highly recommend you become one as well. And we've got some cool things to reveal in the next several days of where we're going and what we're doing this year. It's going to be incredible. Hang tight for the ride, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman taking on the WAPO and more on your radio. All right, for Sam and the good sheriff, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States.